Hello and welcome to That Seems Unfortunate, the show where we talk about all the interesting events, gaming, and music news with heaps and piles of sarcasm. I'm your co-host, Chris Vittorio, along with the original host, Steve Bridenstine. How you doing, Steve? I like being called the original. It makes me feel better about myself. That's why I did it. Oh, well, thank you. How are you doing? You're welcome. I'm doing, I'm doing very well. I'm, uh, I'm very prepared for this moment. I've been waiting my whole life. Yeah, it seemed like it. Um, yeah, yeah. see, no, we need to talk about that. See, I, I would like to point out that just before we started this recording, um, I got a phone call at my house. And uh, what basically happened was, what, <sighs> just, see, I, w- I wish I could explain it in a, in a right, in a manner that's worth talking about. But basically, it was a four-minute shouting voice message about hundred dollars worth of products about something and i can't deal with what just happened this is, this is very loud this is very it was very loud audible very yeah screaming message oh it could have been like it was worse because like it, it originally actually pumped me up for this but um then it just kind of made me upset yeah and <sighs> It's like it's like a it's like a sign of things to come. Like, it's it's what's what's to be expected, whenever we we try to do something, um, <laughs> it will be as ironic as possible. Also, I like how the first story we tell on the first podcast opens with, "I wish I could put it in a way that would make the story <laughs> interesting to tell." I think that is really what we've been looking for, and that's I think really that's that's about the best way to describe. What we plan on doing here. I, I really wish that there was a way to say this that would make it interesting. That's what we're trying to do, and we'll probably fail. See, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be straight honest with you. The reason I stopped in the middle of that is because I realized that there's a big ass hole in my pants. Oh, I thought I thought you realized like it wasn't really that great of a story worth telling. I thought you were like saying it out loud, and then you kind of thought to yourself like, oh, I guess the story's actually kind of lame. Have you ever done that? Like. I do it all the time because I tell Constantly. a lot of stories where, where you're like in the middle of the story and you're like, and this is the best part. And then you say it in your head and you go, that's the best part. It's actually <laughs> not really that funny or interesting. I'm now trapped in this story that I really don't want to tell anymore. And <laughs> it just, it, yeah. it, it died. Yeah. And, and basically <laughs> everyone in the room knows it and you're just like, well, sorry. Sorry to waste your time <laughs> there. I'm just going to leave yeah. now. Yeah. This is that that's my exit really. It's like and exit stage left. Here we go. Yeah. Alright. I'm gonna go and get some chicken. So first on the agenda is the most important current event of them all for the next month and a half, and then hopefully we never hear about it again. And that is, of course, the election. It's coming well, up. See see the problem with that is we're definitely gonna hear about it again because one of those people is going to be elected. My hope this is a this is a far off hope. I don't know if it'll happen. Probably won't. But my hope is this goes something like uh, like Obama's first term, where everyone was freaking out. And they were like, "Oh man, we really don't like these guys." Obviously, I think these two are on a different scale. Um, yeah. But maybe maybe we're all just biased, and maybe it'll just be just like Obama, where we're like freaking out, freaking out, and then nothing until they do something crazy. Um, now, your your hope may be far off, and I think mine's like way further off. I hope. That in some stunning turn of events, Donald Trump just suffers a massive heart attack, and Hillary is finally indicted on her charges and sent to prison. Man, wouldn't that be? I actually saw, 
I saw this thing online recently. It was actually really funny. It was just like, man, if you really think about it, our election is just like, you know, a custody battle between Mama Clinton and Daddy Trump. And all we want to do is go live with Grandpa Sanders. Okay. Yeah, I saw that. That's a pretty good one. I um, want to live with Grandpa Sanders. Did you see the article about the guy from Utah that uh, has a a non-zero percent chance to become president? A non-zero percent? Yeah, meaning it's like it's really far off and unlikely, but like it is a possibility. Um, like there's a one percent chance. It might even be less than one. I don't know. It's a small Probably. chance. But it's this guy. I don't know his first name, but I think his last name's McMillan or something. Um, okay. He's he's from Utah. I don't know if he's a senator or governor there. He might not be anything. But um, oh, so he's an actual politician. Yeah. Uh, he just started campaigning in August, I believe, and he is polling actually relatively well in Utah to a point where there was a poll on who Utah was voting for, and it was twenty six percent Trump. 26% Clinton and 23% McMillan. So oh, wow. he actually has a shot to win Utah. Now the theory on this happening is if he wins Utah, he could tie up the electoral college. Like winning Utah could make it so that both Trump and Clinton don't get enough votes for the electoral college to win. And so uh-huh. in that case, um, I was talking to my brother about this because he knows more about the situation than I do. I think the vice presidential like the vice president goes to vote in the senate the senate picks on who the vice president's going to be out of the two main ones like pence and uh kane but the president goes to the house and the house gets to pick out of the three who all got votes um which would be mcmillan and then clinton and trump so if it if that is to happen in the unlikely chance that he wins utah and the even more unlikely chance that it completely ties up the electoral college and then in the even more unlikely chance that the house picks mcmillan this guy could be our president just this random guy from utah that decided like way too late hey i'm gonna run for president to just make sure none of these people win yeah period yeah and the thing is um i i saw somewhere that he doesn't want to win more than utah like statistically because if he wins more than utah it could make it so that i think it was he could derail trump so much that clinton just wins outright okay so that's why you're not hearing about him because in reality he really only wants to win utah so i think utah would be the only place hearing about him um and as far as far off as it seems it's a really fun dream world to live in and it's like my favorite story that isn't making fun of one of the candidates of this election cycle Here's something you might enjoy. So how about uh, Nevada, right? For years, it's had this um, this box on the ballot. And um, I guess right now it's actually coming into play rather well. Because you have a box for Clinton, you have a box for Trump, and you have a box that just says, neither. <laughs> they, they, they have a neither box. It's just, man, wow, these guys suck. Yeah. N- neither one, we'll please. None of the above. None of the above is fine. Yeah. I mean, and yeah. surprisingly, surprisingly, uh, this election is one of the first in what I believe to be a long while that a third party candidate has a remote chance of winning. Had I'm gonna I'm gonna inter- interject with had. I think Gary okay. Johnson has shot himself in both feet, both arms, <laughs> and the face over the course <laughs> of the last like month and a half here. I mean, he did not know what Aleppo was. <laughs> I think even worse than that is when 
not only did he not know any uh, foreign like leaders as well to say the foreign yeah, leaders he liked, that was, bad. that was bad. But he referred to it as an Aleppo moment. Like, he did. He that, did do that. That's the nail in the coffin. Like he made the first mistake, and everyone was like, "Oh man, this guy might be kind of dumb." But then he makes a second mistake, and you start to think it even more. And then in the the third mistake, by saying Aleppo moment, it's like reminding someone. It's like you break something, and then you go, "Oh man, this reminds me of that time I broke this as well." And then the person that you say that to goes, "Oh yeah, you did break that as well. What a bitch! Like you broke all these things." Like, so him to say Aleppo moment really just sunk him even deeper and oh yeah and it's like man man what fun times i love see, gary johnson <laughs> as a person see, but here, here's the thing he may be stupid he may not really have a grasp on the policies but to this <laughs> <laughs> he may but, be dumb and but. pointless and not know anything about the job that he's running for <laughs> at all that's it but but there's the but um he's not a racist or yeah. a fascist like trump man Why and is he's that a... not he's not on any criminal charges like hillary why is, why is that a list of things like why is that <laughs> let's see who do we want in the president let's see what would make a great president not racist <laughs> not potentially to be indicted on a criminal charge like not that's, gonna be the next hit those are the top two for some reason like that's that's where we are we're not like <laughs> all right what's their policy on this how are they gonna bring us out of debt what are they gonna do about the war it's will they just start destroying people for their race or and or leak classified details about our country like what it's not even like <laughs> what will they change it's what will they not completely destroy like, that's what we're voting on. What what are what's less likely to be destroyed here? Oh my god! You see, and that's how you know we're just absolutely screwed. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh my god. Um, yeah, which leads perfectly into what I have written here on on both candidates having very uh, negative things popping out about them in the last like week alone. Like, obviously, I have yet to see positive things about either one of these two. Oh yeah. But um. These ones are actually picking up steam, and I don't, I don't know if you've been following it. I know I haven't been following it, but, uh, but the WikiLeaks, the uh, Podesta emails or whatever they're called. I, I don't know a lot about it. I mean, is everyone still actually freaking out about Edward Snowden? It's no, it's not even Snowden anymore. It's um, it's WikiLeaks like actually releasing Clinton's emails like from her. Um, oh yeah, from her campaign. Oh, yeah, they did do that. And with other people, I I really do wish I I could have looked in more deep on them because I've seen I I basically just look for like headlines off of them like what's the craziest thing they found in these emails. But I do have to actually go through one day and see exactly what popped up. I mostly I just looked know. at the funny ones like did Hillary Clinton's chief of staff ever make a Harambe joke in, in <laughs> one of his emails? I don't believe so, but that would You're be just awesome. You're just reminding me of something I saw a long time ago. It was a very anti-Trump thing. But it was just... Okay, so one of the pages I follow on Facebook is just called Anti-Fascist News, okay? And one of the news articles was just so blatant about how much they hated Trump. It just said, Trump yet to release certificate proving he's not a festering pile of shit. (laughs) It's all it said. Oh. It just said, he hasn't said that he's not a piece of shit. Ah, that's just true. Saying. 
he hasn't denied it, so so it's a possibility. Because <laughs> I mean, he might be um, kinda. Yeah. I, well, did you see the thing where that guy kept? I don't. I don't even know who the guy was. I saw like a small snippet of it on like I think it was at midnight. Wonderful TV program. But um, this guy was like calling Clinton and Obama like possessed and saying that they were like demons or something. And uh, I think his one excuse or like proof um, was that people that are close to them claim that they smell like sulfur, <laughs> which is apparently the sense of demon. I, I learned that as a new thing. Um, but in response, Obama was giving a speech and uh, he mentioned it in the middle of it. He was like, yeah, and this guy, he really is convinced that uh, me, and, me and Hillary are, are demons and that we, we smell of sulfur. And then middle of the speech stops and like sniffs himself. <laughs> and goes, no, nah, no, nah, I don't think so. Or I, I don't remember what he said. All I remember is he sniffed himself. Like, so he went out of his way to prove to us that he's not a demon. Um, I think Trump should do the same. I, I think, where's his non-demon certificate? <laughs> Non-demons, yeah. We, no, you we know can't what we know until do? he tells us. We need just to hire a priest for like $40 yeah. to take a bottle of holy water and just kind of chuck it at Trump to see what happens. Yeah. Yeah, just kind of chuck it at you know, give us peace of mind on that one topic and not the rest of the awful things that that he's done. At least we'll know he's not a demon. There was a circulating picture about Trump as well, and it was just um, well, not about Trump. My bad. It was just about this guy, but he just it was a homeless guy, and he held a sign. It said, "Running for presidential election, need campaign funds. Campaign promises are as follows: one, deport Trump to Mexico." Two, put Hillary Clinton in jail. Three, legalize weed. Yeah, that's good. I mean, it's like you know, he, hey. he's beaten out a lot of them already. Yeah, good on him. He may not know anything about foreign policy or uh, economics or the debt or the war, but uh, then <laughs> but, again, how many of the candidates do? Exactly. Clearly, Gary Johnson doesn't. So that's <laughs> already thirty-three percent of them that have no idea. So Clinton, Clinton, right I think in. has like Clinton. I think has like a like somewhat of a grasp because i mean she was married to bill does that does that give you anything i mean i mean mean, to be fair bill wasn't the worst as a president bill clinton i think looking at bill clinton from presidential standpoint and then to what he's been doing now is probably the best example of um why we can't judge how good a president is by how stupid they sound because uh Bill certainly has has made his rounds of sounding like an idiot, but uh, he wasn't wasn't the worst. Now, on the other I mean, hand, Bush did sound like an idiot as well, and was the worst. <laughs> so you know, we got both examples, both extremes of um, judging a book by its cover presidentially, back to back and back to back presidents. Um, I mean, to be fair, when yeah. Bill was in office, we weren't in debt. That's true, but uh. It's it's like I don't know. Economics is really delayed, from what I've noticed. It is. Um, you can't actually really know. Like the effects that a president has don't really pop in until the next president. Like we may not truly know what Obamacare did economically for us until this next person is in office. So. Please God, let it be Jill Stein. Yeah, yeah, and her sick uh, '90s folk band that she had in college. That's good enough for me. Have you seen that? No. I heard about it like once or twice back when Jill Stein was still relevant. Um, way back when. 
but yeah, it was like a big article where back in in college, her and a bunch of classmates had a uh, like a really indie folk band. I haven't heard it, but I feel like I need to. I feel like it's I'm going to really just I'll a big deal. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm okay with folk music as like you know in general. I mean, it could be a lot worse. Yeah, as long as it's not Mumford and Sons, I'm on board. I mean, to be fair, Bob Dylan was a folk music Ugh. musician. Blech. Yeah, but Bob Dylan was also Bob Dylan. I like Bob Dylan. I think Bob Dylan would have been much more successful as a poet. <laughs> yeah, okay, you know, I can no, agree with you on that. There was no melody or tune or key needed. <laughs> he could have just sat, sat at a stool and read those beautiful lyrics instead of uh, whatever that sound he makes in his music was. Yeah, that. The lyrics were there. Yeah, I can agree with you. He was a terrible vocalist. The lyrics were there. The uh, melody was not. His guitar playing was okay, though. Yeah, yeah, he was a pretty good guitar player. Play like it was good enough for recording. Yeah, it was, it was good enough to be music, and that's all that matters, you know. Like if he had gotten with a band instead, and like had, had a, someone else singing, had a good for musician. Him, yeah, yeah. Perfect. If he was just like a songwriter, guitar player for an actual band, that'd be yes. pretty nice. I think I think the world would have been a lot better, or maybe a lot worse. That's the funny thing about time. If you make Bob Dylan suddenly, like, a good singer, the timeline could just, like, become horrible. Like, the world could be destroyed by now. Or ran by Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan could be our <laughs> could supreme leader. Canada. Yeah, if he was, yeah, if he was a good singer, he could um, have become a dictator of the U.S. because we were so swooned by his vocals and beautiful way with words that we elected him into office ten terms in a row, and he was terrible at it. But every time he did something <laughs> wrong, he would just uh, sing a song, and we'd instantly respect and believe him again and then he'd screw up more so like hitler minus fascism plus like libertarianism yeah like if hitler were also elvis good lord well you know what's weird though elvis didn't write any of his songs did he not no elvis actually didn't write any of his own songs good for him (laughs) good for him (laughs) hey he made it happen i'm sure he well hey elvis did in fact gyrate his own hips and I know that, and that's all I need in life. He may not have wrote, written his own songs, but those hips were all Elvis. But God, could that guy dance. Yeah. Man, could no. his pelvis go in circles. <laughs> Christ. All right. Well, enough on current events for now. Let's go into our next little topic. we got to move on to some controversial news. Okay, what's controversial news? What you got? We gotta talk about my favorite topic, and by that I mean my least favorite. I know I only have like five Twitter followers that aren't my mom. <laughs> That's a joke, but it's not really. It is. It's a joke, it isn't that mom, I have stop. like seventy followers, and in fact, none of them are my mom. Um, I I I want to get into the actual topic, but I do, I want to make one more mention of a Twitter account. Um, my my brother. I hope he doesn't listen to this, but if he does. He's going to discover that this Twitter account's still a thing and probably go delete it. Um, Please don't delete it. So yeah, my, my brother has a Twitter account from um, years ago. I don't remember the exact date. It might have been 2009. Um, I, I don't want to go back and fact check it. But it's an old Twitter account when Twitter was like just starting to be a thing. And he's got one one tweet, and it's, it's an old one. Uh, before he probably lost the account information or whatever but the one tweet is just 
something like, oh, just watching some Family Guy. Funny show. That's the one tweet. The one tweet. Yeah. Also, I looked at it. He's following um, two people. One that I, I don't care to talk about. And the other, Dane Cook. Oh. The official Dane Cook Twitter. So God, his comedy is terrible. I, I know. And it's amazing. I I don't know. It makes me wonder. Did my brother actually like Dane Cook in 2009? Actually, people did like Dane Cook in 2009, didn't they? They did. That was Yeah, that was when he first popped out, and everyone was like, wow, what a funny guy. And then, like, two months went by, and everyone went, wow, what a terrible, terrible person. <laughs> Although, I, I hear he's wonderful right. in real life. I hear he's an actually great person. Um, I would assume his com- comedy is, like, a character. Probably. And a, and a terrible character at that. But, uh... If he's if he's actually cool in real life, good for you. Good for you, Dane Cook. Yeah. You uh you do your thing. Okay. You know what so, that you know what that reminds me of? What is that? Actually? What's that? Um so what do you picture when you picture like John Lennon? Wasn't he like that really goofy looking dude with the circular wire glasses that were all the rage way back when? And the Yeah, the Beatles like the one one of the members of the Beatles, yes. He could totally be a cartoon character. That is just drawn in the background of a cartoon that takes place at Woodstock. Well, you know what's funny? Like, when when people think of John Lennon, they normally think of, like, you know, give peace a chance. Yeah. Uh, like, apparently, he was a dick. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, like, he, like he as a person was just a dick. I mean, he, he probably wrote most of his music high out of his mind. No, that's so. not why. He was just, like, a bad person. He, like, he was rude to everyone except, like, his wife. Yeah. So, like, and when that he was wasn't it. high, he was probably terrible. But as soon as he got real high, he was like, all right, happy, I'm peace, okay love this. stuff. This gives me yeah. money and also peace. Yeah. Like, no wonder someone shot him. Yeah. No, actually. <laughs> no. I say yeah out of impulse, but in reality, no. That's still a terrible thing. We don't yeah, like, It's bad. It's bad, and I'm reason. sad that it happened. Yeah. But, like, Poor guy. God. All right. So, yeah, moving on to the topic. We have segued away from three times. My, my favorite thing to talk about and why I brought up Twitter was because I went on a mini uh, Twitter rant about it because I hate the way it's being handled. Um, and that is the uh, Colin Kaepernick standing versus kneeling during the national anthem um, situation. I don't know what to call it. Because it's a thing that's blown up and I don't know why it's blown up and it's kind of irrelevant to me. But I feel like it should be mentioned because everyone's talking about it. Um, do you know about it? Like, have you, have you looked into it at all, Chris? I know, like, I know about it. I have a standpoint on it and it's, it's basically, he, he, like, he's doing it because it's like protesting police violence, especially against minorities and, you know, any other, um, well, what I'll call here crimes against humanity. Yeah. Now, like, you know, it's supposed to like defend, um, everyone's rights, yeah. I suppose you could say. Yeah, sure. And like... You know, he says, while people's rights are being infringed, I'm not going to stand for a national anthem that doesn't defend it. Yeah. And I, I agree wholeheartedly. Like, you know, if you, like if your, like, friends are getting killed because, oh, like, they're black or they're Mexican, then it sucks. the state doesn't really have your back now, does it? Yeah. Um, it's not going to help you. It's not going to back you up. It's just going to work against you in every aspect. Absolutely. So that's kind of where I stand. It's It's such a weird thing. Because as a situation, it's wonderful for sparking conversation. Like, yes. it's such a great topic for people to actually look back and say, 
am, am I affected by this? Like, what? how am I affected? How do I react to how I'm affected? It's a lot of people from different standpoints that can come together on this topic that, at the end of the day, doesn't change anything. Like, when you're talking about something like war or something straightforward, your opinion means a huge difference. But your opinion on someone standing or kneeling during a song, like, you can differ on that and it won't change anything. And that's great. Yeah, that's that's where the best conversation comes in when your opinion matters, but doesn't like really affect a lot. Um, like it depends on what you have the opinion on. Like, yeah, if it's just about the standing or kneeling, it's not going to matter. Yeah. It's and you can have a deep conversation on something that is as minuscule as where your legs are during a, a song. Um, yeah. However, it, it's devolved into kind of like just hate. <laughs> which i guess everything kind of devolves into on the internet especially but um i've seen people stand up for him and stand up against him i've seen a lot of people with both differing opinions and i think that's really cool and it's been awesome to look at both both sides of it um but it seems like whenever one person comes out saying one side the other side just completely berates them that's true which is ridiculous Seriously. to me and it makes me so sad like i've seen some no. people who come out against him and not even against him. Against him is in they don't like that he's doing it during the anthem. Which, I see that side. I may not 100% agree with it. I, I don't think it makes a difference in the long run. But I think someone coming out and saying, I like this cause that he stands up for. I, well, sits down for. Um, but <laughs> I, I appreciate what he's doing. However, I don't think he should be doing it during the anthem. That's a perfectly fine opinion to have. But that opinion, 100% of the time, is met with, wow, you are racist, or you hate the idea, or you... You're probably on board with all this police violence. It's like, no, I would really assume they're not. They just uh, don't see the, the need to do it during the anthem. And vice versa, people that stand up for I've seen a lot of people who are like, you must hate America then. And it's like, nope, don't hate America at all. I just don't like people, people dying from what they look like. Yeah. Um, so, so my opinion, to put it in like bullet points, I guess, is I love what he's standing up for. I'm not going to make the pun again, um, <laughs> but I, I love the cause. I, I support it, um, and I guess I support his right to do it during the anthem. Um, but however, I have completely detached him from the controversy. Colin Kaepernick is no longer important to me when it comes to this. He just started it. Because what I noticed is after he started it, he realized it was a publicity thing, and it went from lighthearted protest to... Look at me, I'm on TV. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't really like that. So while I still love the idea of what he did, I've I've kind of detached it from him. And and so overall, I like that this conversation is happening. I like that people are talking about it, but I hate the way it's going down. It's like I got everything I asked for, but it was a genie's wish, and, and it was turned into something negative. Um, Very so, good metaphor. Yeah. It, yeah, I got my, my, my one wish of three. My second wish... Take me back in time to before this election cycle started. Please, God. For all. No, here, here's the thing I work. find weird about it. Like, there's this whole thing. And if you look at it, like, so many people are being outraged and upset by this protest of police violence. Yeah. But what's weird is that not even 20 years ago, we were popularizing it in the media. And by popularizing it, I mean, like, like openly speaking out against atrocities like this. For example... The uh, band Pearl Jam, yeah. like uh, during one of the concerts, I, I think it was just a small club, but Eddie Vedder 
went on this huge anti-war tirade. And one of those lines I remember specifically was, I'm not paying you taxes so you can go overseas and kill children. Yeah. And like, and we were popularizing it because, I mean, it's fair and it's right. And, I mean, I shouldn't be paying money so you can kill kids. Yeah. But, like, now we're like, oh, but no, these people are degenerates and they need to be whatever. Like, locked up and et cetera, et cetera. So now we're just kind of popularizing the other end of it. Yeah. Um, and we're also kind of popularizing the opposition to it, but not to a media money degree. Yeah. Uh, what, I, what I see it as is people have tried so hard to feign that they are open-minded that everyone has become actually just closed-minded. Yes. Because um, everyone's so, like, sensitive, I guess. That's always is a buzzword Triggered. that makes people – yeah. It's always a buzzword that makes people go like, oh – you think we're too sensitive, we hate you now. I don't know. But, but sensitive is the best word. People have become so sensitive to everything that in reality they are shutting out more than before and kind of living in this little bubble of a world. Um, and it's really just closing everyone off to everyone else. <laughs> like, it's really creating... We're building a wall, just like Trump. <laughs> God. But, but it's a social wall where you're no longer <laughs> allowed a... to have differing opinions. If your opinion is different, you're on this side of the wall. We'll stick to our side of the wall with the good opinions. Like, it's ridiculous. And it really makes the world fun for me as a uh, centric person that doesn't take centric. a lot of stands on a lot of things. Totally. Yeah. Centric. Well, that is a word. But, yeah. I mean, like, like see, I, I agree with you. But, like, how do I put this? Like, words... Like, I'm in the center as well, and I can look at differing opinions, but I can easily, easily disagree and uh, admittedly despise people who have a different opinion. I don't mean to do it. It just kind of bubbles up, you know? And you're just like, oh, you don't agree with me? Well, most of the time it doesn't, you know, uh, escalate to this point. But it's just, oh, well, I hate you, and we can't be friends anymore. (laughs) Normally that's not how it goes. But it's just, you know, you kind of, if uh, you're civilized about it, it's kind of, it's kind of, you know, you agree to disagree and move on, yeah. which is something that our society can't really, they don't really accept that as a, as a way to deal with their problems anymore. They just have to, like, everyone has to think one way or they're wrong. Yeah. Everyone wants the last word. They want to seem like they're on top. Um, see, people refuse see, uh, to accept that, you know, life goes on regardless of people's opinions. The only opinions that would generally matter are the opinions of people you are trying to put into office. <laughs> Which is why <laughs> just politics remember, is truth such is a big relative. Deal. Yeah, truth I, is relative. I mean, unless you're a Nazi, then if, you're just wrong. If like, I have an argument with somebody over something like this Kaepernick situation. Um, if I deliberately hate the man and hate what he stands for and hate black people and you know just really radically hate and i'm talking and arguing with somebody who feels the exact opposite at the end of that conversation the situation is still the same situation it is and like if my mind was changed if their mind was changed if neither of our minds were changed nothing in the grand scheme of things changes and people refuse to accept that in people's heads um, someone that disagrees with you, like some random guy that's disagreeing with you on the internet, in people's heads, they think that like he could 
suddenly changed the whole situation. Which, no. Random internet commenter 69 that thinks that black people should all burn in a fire, he's not going to make black people burn in a fire. So he's welcome to think what he wants, and you're welcome to disagree. <laughs> but, like, don't make it a huge deal, I guess. Maybe that was an extreme example. If someone's saying they want to burn black people in a fire, contact the authorities. That's a terrible thing. I mean, I have heard people say a similar thing. Not quite that yeah. extreme, yeah. but I have heard people say these things about, like, black people or Mexican people, like the Nazis, what about the Jews? And I'm not kidding. Yeah. This is a thing that I hear, and it's sad. It, like, it makes me upset. It makes me want to punch the person saying it. I did that one time, and, well, they shut up immediately. But that's, uh, that's uh, a different, different thing. Not 100% success rate with that one, but go on. I mean, but, you know, like, normally, like I said, it doesn't escalate, but this time it escalated. It doesn't, it doesn't normally escalate, but I did totally punch a guy once. But I, I mean, I punched a guy one time, <laughs> and everyone kind of looked at me, and he's like, well, I mean, he was being pretty racist yeah. over here. I'm like, and they're, they kind of look at me, they nodded. Like, they nodded, it's like, okay, it's fine. Like, you know, it, dude needed to shut up. Yeah. What was he saying? What was, what was it? Like, you know, oh, all Mexicans are leeches on our society. They need to be sent back to that hell country, and we need to build a wall. <laughs> it's basically what Trump sounds like, yeah. but, like, maybe 40, no, 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 50 years younger, and, like, ew. Yeah. If that, if that, uh, explains That was that. a great description. Ew is probably, I'm gonna make a campaign hat with just the word ew <laughs> on it. It connects ew. with everybody. They just, they could totally agree. They just look at it, and they're like, yeah. I don't know up. why, but that reminded me of something I saw in this um, play. Well, not a playthrough, but just like a, a GTA thing that uh, one of the guys I watch on YouTube. It's just to kill. Like, Houston, do you have a to kill list? It's like, yeah, it's just a. It's one box, and it just says everyone. <laughs> just everyone. Yeah. No one is spared. Yeah. Well, look him up. He's called the Scatsbury. He's great. Oh, that's a wonderful segue. Now that we want to. Move away from our sad, serious discussions. Um, Let's talk about games. We talking about games next? We could talk about games next. Big gaming news. Um, Red Dead Redemption 2 announced, teased by Rockstar this morning. I'm super hype. I bet you're super hype. I can't imagine somebody in the world not being super hype about was, Red Dead Redemption 2. I was not ready for that. No one was. Well, I mean... I was not ready for that when you told me that. A few people kind of were because they teased it a little bit a few days ago. But a few days ago when they teased it the first time, nobody was ready for it. And now we are, and we're super hype. And, and I want it. Beyond ready. Um, I'm, I'm a little hesitant. I'm scared. I have learned not to trust game sequels. So I'm not going to go into this thinking this is going to be the best game of the year. Or best game of all time. Or anything that I thought about No Man's Sky before it came out. Oh God! Um, wait, wait! I never, <coughs> I never played No Man's Sky. Is it like, any good at all? No, it is not. Well, is it, okay. is it really not? Okay, so take Minecraft. Okay. Take out the building part. Okay. Um, give it a cool art style. Okay. Make most of the game just traveling around in, in a spaceship and mining. That's it. That's it. You can't even build. I don't think so, or at least not extensively. You also can't play with friends. And all the planets are relatively similar. That makes me sad. Terrible game. Really, 
really one of the biggest game dive bombs since like et for the atari or pepsi point point zero three eight stars out of five stars just not terrible not a good game but um terrible red dead redemption 2 hopefully better than that that's all i'm asking I mean, like, if, if you're holding it to that standard, yeah. it can't be much worse. Yeah, No Man's Sky was a great thing for video games. Now whenever something new comes out, all we have to do is go, is it better than No Man's Sky? Yes. Yeah. I'm going for it. Let's like, I'm play. I'm down. Let's try I'm it. excited. Yeah. So it was really a good thing for gaming. See, I'm going to try my best. When it comes out, I'm going to try to – maybe not. But I'm going to try to compare it to something I know. Like, hopefully I can compare it to the first Red Dead Redemption because – that game was actually really good. Red Dead Redemption, one of the greatest games, certainly of our generation. It was really good. It's like it took it took GTA and made it Wild West. So good. It was actually very good. Um, I I had some joking, ironic fears. Um, back home with a friend of mine, we were discussing the game, and our our theory is that the game is going to follow Jack Marston, beloved son. No. To our favorite hero, John. No! Because Jack Marston was a wonderful character. And it's going to take place post-Red Dead Redemption, which, according to the timeline of the world, is World War One. So it, it will no longer be a Wild West shootout. It'll follow Jack Marston and his journey through World War One. Wouldn't that be a wonderful game experience? Oh, you know what would be worse? <laughs> is it what possible if... to get worse? No Man's Sky? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Picture this, all right? Just take everything you just said. Jack Marston following Jack uh, through the uh, days of World War One. They're going to turn it into a wartime shooter. Yeah. Where First Jack person. rises through the ranks and becomes a general, and then it's just immediately, like, shut down. It's just an HD remake of Call of Duty 1, but with even worse characters. And a different war. Yeah. And and you know what? Just Just for the hell of it, just say... That, surprise, you didn't actually kill Edgar Ross at the end of Red Dead Redemption. He comes back and he blows yeah. your brains out, just like he did with your father. Remember all your favorite characters from Red Dead Redemption? Edgar Ross and Jack Marson? Yeah, we love them too. We're going to bring them back for this new Red Dead Redemption 2. Also, damn it, Uncle's dead, John's dead, Abigail's dead. Why? Why is it Red Dead Redemption 2? It wasn't... Red Dead Redemption's not even the first. Yeah, Red Dead Revolver. Couldn't they have done, like, Red Dead... Ragamuffin? (laughs) Red Dead Ultimatum? No, it's gotta start with R. Red Dead Rultimatum? Red Dead Reloaded. Holy moly. Hire me, Rockstar. (laughs) Hire me. That is not bad. Red Dead Reloaded. Hire me, Rockstar. Get me in there. I got it. Yeah, but you know what? I think think Reloaded was already used in The Matrix. So? People copy things all the time. This is very true. I mean, just look at copy machines. I was going somewhere with that. Red Dead Redemption 2. Redemption Boogaloo. Boogaloo. Yeah. It's like Electric Boogaloo, but with more redemption and an equal amount of Boogaloo. Equal amount. Yeah. All the Boogaloo you know and love. Now 13 Boogaloo. Less, uh, less electric and more redemption. Good lord. <laughs> What is this? I feel like we've devolved very heavily from Red Dead Redemption 2 into just terrible sequel names. And a good sequel name. I'd play Red Dead Reloaded. I mean, Red Dead Redemption Reloaded was, I mean, Red Dead Reloaded was really cool. Yeah, I'd play that. But. Yeah. And then, and then it went to garbage from there. 
like No Man's Sky. <laughs> Just like No Man's Sky. Yeah. All right. Um, one of the other areas in gaming, like, because it's not all about video games, you have to consider the tabletop RPGs that someone spent like literally maybe twenty years actually making. That's a good segue. This is a. Uh, let me tell you. This is the sign of a person who really doesn't have a life. It's good, but it's okay. Good lead. Because he, makes it, because he makes life better for the rest of us. Now, th- there are various things you can find online regarding this game. You can definitely find the books and the maps and the pre-made games. Some old characters. Are you referring can... to the one, the only, No Man's Sky? I'm kidding. You're talking about <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons. Yes, Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. Um, I've actually been recently watching Achievement Hunter play Dungeons and Dragons, and oh my god, it's so interesting. I like. There, there's a lot of characters on that show, so they like there's six of them doing it. Oh. But I can tell you immediately that one's a coward. One is obsessed with collecting samples for science. One is an asshole. That's the title. <laughs> What? Is that his title? Designated asshole? I mean, he might as well be. He is a paladin. Ah. Haha, you know, that's uh, a joke I don't get, because I don't... <laughs> I've yet to play the game. Alright, yeah, I'll, I'll explain. Like, for those of you who don't understand, it's a very it's a very complicated game. And there's a, there's actually a stereotype that uh, only nerds with absolutely no lives play D&D. Well, yeah. let me tell you, a... this is absolutely the truth. <laughs> wow. Anyway. You are really selling this game to everyone. <laughs> the absolute truth. You ever play this? No. You'd be a useless waste of space on this earth. It's wonderful. I love it. It's like, are you a waste of space? Well, do it better with D&D. Do you hate yourself? We hate you too. <laughs> play Dungeons and Dragons. It's wonderful. But no, like, believe it or not, there's actually a YouTube video. It's like an 8-bit reenactment of, uh, of a D&D session. Okay. Ooh, because back in the 1990s, they actually thought the game was totally satanic. I yeah. thought it was satanic and occult and evil, it is. right? I but sold no. my soul to it. <laughs> but no, like, um, the uh, thing is like, you are going to witness one of the sessions via hidden camera. It's like, and the, immediately the first thing you hear, like, out of game, where are the Chinos? <laughs> Where's the Mountain Dew? <laughs> it's in the fridge, God! Because, you know, that's actually yeah. what it is. Seems like an actual, very accurate depiction. On the positive yeah. side, I, I do see the uh, the appeal of Dungeons & Dragons. I am not the kind of person to do things of that nature, um, mostly because I can not be serious for longer than three seconds. So, that would, Steve? That would hurt. Steve? Yes? You need to know something about D&D. Is it not serious? Not at all. I've seen people that take it relatively serious. I would love it. Like, like, there are the serious game. players, and then there are the fun players. Yeah. I feel like I, like, I want to, like... Do a like a playthrough or a session or whatever it's called with like just yeah. a bunch of us like me you and like maybe Bryce or other people that that we know Vince, that Vince wouldn't play in. that wouldn't play normally. Um, oh yeah, and and just try to see where we go with it because I feel like it would get really south really quick and and I you feel like what? that would be awesome. I have some serious uh, stories to tell you from previous sessions to prove you're you're right actually. Uh, um, yeah. for example. Um, there was a moment where the party was in a, was in a city called, um, 
think it was like Karth Spire or something. It's that's not important. Anyway, it's uh, important to understand that one of our players, Dakota, um, his character had something against bards. Ah. Just hated bards. Are those the guys with the, the trumpets? Yeah, well, bard like, trumpets, lutes, drums, whatever. Ah. All right, so um, we like a bard runs up to us and he like threatens to punch him. We all kind of hold him back, and um, we offer the bard money to just go away. So uh, what happens is, um, instead of saying anything, he just strums the loot, and Dakota puts a bullet in his face. Oh. He just shoots him right in the face. That poor bard. <laughs> like, like, his face is gone, and his brain is on a wall. Oh. But it's still really funny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh, it can get Sounds like, bloody and gory and, ha- and horrible, but it's great. And it's all figurative. It's all figurative. Yeah, it's... Brain, like his figurative brain is on a metaphorical wall. Yeah, you can really imagine the the blood and guts of this event. It was really oh my God. just a bloody experience. You had to be there, also imagining it with the rest of us. Although you probably didn't have to be there to imagine it, because it's still really funny. We were also imagining it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a it's a fun game. Don't stereotype I mean, bring fair, it down. To be fair, like I'm, I was supposed to be in a session for like the past like two months. So you just not but, been going. No, see, here's the problem. My work place loves to schedule me on the days we have the D and D sessions. Ooh. it's just every Wednesday, right? Yeah. Sure, that's a terrible so, reason to call off. Yeah, it is. So, which so what I've been doing is like you know I'm saying I'm sorry I can't go. So eventually today after like seven weeks, I just told the DM Tim. I told him Tim, just kill my character. I know he's been in a tavern, and the party is, like, 500 miles in the other direction. So, it, like, as a, as a, like, a last request, just have him die of alcohol poisoning. Yeah, they, like, come back from their long adventure, and they're like, Chris, where have you been? And you're just, you've just been hanging from the tavern for, like, since they left. It's just like, no, oh, I'm just, like, I'm well bent then. over in a, in a window with, yeah. like, a mug in my hand, and I'm dead. You've, like, elvis yourself, you're on the toilet, and you're... Yes. Eating sandwich. Yeah, no, and... like just Elvis myself. Yeah. You've been Cause... dead for ten years. <laughs> Literally. I was like, well, I knew that guy for an approximate twenty minutes, yeah. and now he's dead. He was cool for that small amount of time we saw him in I that mean, tavern. I mean, he did have a very thick Cockney accent. Yeah. Very thick. Lower British class. Yeah. Now he's dead. Just like and now he's the, dead. the lower British class. But no, what I'm going to do is, um, in case I ever get back into it, I'm just going to have my old character and give him, like, MPD. Ooh. Just What's gonna that stand multi- for? Multiple personality disorder. Ah, that sounds <laughs> like a Just going to give him, like, thing. a bunch of voices in his head. Yeah. That seems like a wonderful thing to keep up with. Oh, dude, it's funny. Like, if you can stay in character, if you're good at acting, oh my god, this is the game for you. Yeah. I'm sure it is. It nerd, actually does sound nerd plus acting. super interesting. And, it's uh, funny. So all that are interested in Plague, don't let the nerdy stereotypes bring you down. People are going to think yeah, what they, they want. Mean, Just figuratively kill them with your figurative giant sword that you've figuratively been slaying monsters with this whole figurative time. And yeah, you nerd. Then, then how the will they talk when you shoot them with your bow that you made up in your head and roll the dice to judge on how strong it is? Don't knock until you try it. That's all I'm saying. No, I totally agree. I, I make jokes, but it's fun. It is funny. Sarcasm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, general verdict. Dungeons and Dragons. Fun times. Great times. Yeah. 
So, let's move on to our, our final topic. Final general topic. With a lot of smaller final topics inside of one big final topic. A lot of final. Like cake. Yeah, it's like a final cake. but It's a final cake. But a figurative final cake. Dude, cake. So, what music have you been listening to recently, Chris? How's your, uh, <sighs> how's your musical life been a-going? You know what? Um, that's a very um, interesting topic right there because um, there's been a lot of it, I can say, mainly because of my music history class and the radio and a bunch of new albums coming out. One I would actually like to talk about in depth. Go for it. Is uh, the new Green Day album, Revolution Radio. I've heard stuff from that. Okay, let me tell you about this. Let me tell you about this album. Okay, I'm gonna point out the bad thing first, and the good thing second, so it doesn't sound like just talking shit on the album. Yeah, but it has this one song on it. It's the eighth track. It's called Young Blood, and um, this track, this track is very um, like slightly off-putting to me because it's like it doesn't have a point to it because you know most songs have a point it's just <laughs> yeah. hey there's this girl like, the whole point of it. like this this song is just hey there's this girl i like like you know i like her she's a loner she doesn't do drugs at least i don't think so but i think she does in the end of it and literally one of the lines uh how does it go but basically she says like but she said fuck you i'm from oakland and i'm like okay hmm. um i don't I don't see how that's relevant to the rest of this song. Um, there's there's no relevance to the story. Oh, I mean, every band kind of has their their time to throw away a song. Well, not throw away a song, but kind of you know, not be serious yeah. about it. I feel like they're yeah, but but see, but see, Green Day did that with their entire trilogy, Uno Dos Trey. I mean, oh. all those songs were pretty bad. Oh. <laughs> I never, I haven't listened to Green Day very extensively. So. See, don't don't get Uno Dos Trey. Don't do it. I will. I'll be sure Bad to avoid choice. that. I mean, it's not it like may- they're like Smash Mouth, where literally every song they've ever written has no lyrical content to it. Except, like, maybe All-Star. Maybe. Uh, even, like, parts of All-Star. Yeah. I feel like the only mean. line in All-Star that I could actually hear and go, yeah, that sounds like a good thing, is uh, the one where he's like, guy asks for fuel, and he's like, I said, yep, yeah, what a concept. I, I could use I a little fuel use- myself. We could all use a little change. That's that's exactly how he sang it. I'm glad I could stop stop saying musically style. Um, stop it. <laughs> but you know that line that 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 line of all like Smash Mouth ever was the only line where I was like, "Hey, that sounds kind of cool." That's it. Yeah. The rest is just like, why? What 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 went through your head when you decided to write this on paper and then sing it? Because it doesn't make <laughs> sense. Only shooting stars break the mold. That makes practically no sense i feel like i could have it explained to me and still go yeah but why like why like what made you show what yeah. made you choose this you could probably say it in a, in a better more sense-making way get your point across and it would still fit in the song what what a shooting stars break and mold that makes very little sense maybe i'm dumb i feel like i'm not at least not in this no case. you're not you're right you're right but but yeah green day i feel like I don't know. I, I've never heard the album, so I don't know if I can accurately I mean, defend them. To, to be fair, overall the album is pretty good. Yeah, like it, it's just that one song. It has a bunch of other good ones. I can tell you. 
Um, I know, like, they've been playing Bang Bang a lot on the radio. But the one you really want to listen to, one of the two, is either Ordinary World or Say Goodbye. Seriously. Because um, those are the track highlights, I think. Let me let me see. I have Apple Music, and they have this weekly, like, new song playlist for you, like, based on your music tastes. And one of Revolution Radio's songs was on my playlist this week. Probably Bang Bang. Um, I don't think so. It was really? called, like, something about being alive. Still breathing. Still breathing. That's it good because my thing wasn't loading so yeah that's still breathing was this the song it's a good song i enjoyed it um yeah was, like did, did you prefer like, it to me it wasn't like my favorite song off of the album by any means but i mean it was one of the better ones yeah it was a really nice song to have in a mix of random songs it came yeah. on i didn't even know it was green day until i looked at it at the end but it came on and i was like hey, this song's not too bad um yeah, and, and it's nice, because when you get a bunch of random songs of, from bands you've never heard of, um, it's always nice to find that one diamond in the rough. Um, there's Have a song... Peter, Paul, and Mary? Yeah. Oh, I have only heard... They did uh, Young Folks, didn't they? Or no, that was Peter, Bjorn, and Bjork. <laughs> no. Peter, no, Peter no, James, Peter. and John in, in a sailboat. No, no, no. Peter, Peter Paul, and Mary... Peter, Paul, and Mary did uh, some other songs. Do you even know what genre they are or what decade they're from? I know they're older, right? They're like from the sixties and seventies. They're yeah. uh, on par with Bob Dylan, mm-hmm. and um, they also did "Blowing in the Wind." And let me tell you, seriously, if we're talking vocals, they did it ten times better. Sure, that usually happens. Well, I mean, it was like three people with decent voices versus Bob Dylan. Um. So. Sure. I feel like a lot of people sound vocally better than than Bob Dylan. Sir Dylan. Yeah. I do want to mention one song um, on my, my new music playlist. I've never heard of this guy. I don't think he's very big, uh, but his name's Nash. G-N-A-S-H. Okay. And and the song is titled Something. And it's okay. it's your standard, like, guy singing an acoustic-y song about a girl kind okay. of thing. Um, there's a million of them, but this one specifically felt like it could have been good, but the guy that sings it, I'd assume Nash is not good. Like he's trash. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say trash. I'd say below average. Um, okay. cause it's, it's a song that I was listening to and I was like, this song sound kind of, kind of sounds cool. It made me not be able to talk apparently for a second. Um, yeah. but I was like, yeah, this is a pretty cool song. Uh, but then I heard him singing it and I was like, Oh, Oh Lord. Um, <laughs> This, Stop it. Yeah, this is starting to go downhill. And it made me think, like, I could have probably done that song better than him. And that's kind of sad, because I'm, I'm a subpar musician at best. So, like, the fact that Same. I think I could have made his song better than his own song makes me kind of sad. Because it's like, man, if you were a decent musician, I would totally listen to you. But Speaking of, like, subpar musicians in terms of vocals. Um, it's a good topic. One, it's like some subpar vocalists. Um, well, some would argue with me on this. I think he's, like, subpar, but, like, in a good way. But I, like, I've been listening to a lot of Beck recently. Whoa, controversial. Ah, maybe not. I like Beck. I don't know if people listen to Beck for his voice. His voice fits his music. Similar to Anthony Kiedis of Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yes. Um, I don't think I'd listen to Anthony Kiedis sing a song at, like, a karaoke night. I probably would not listen to him, but... (laughs) He really? fits he fits Red Hot Chili Peppers so well that it makes his voice 
sounded infinitely better. Yeah, I, I don't think See, people I like, like his voice. I don't think Dude. people like Anthony Kiedis or what is it, Billy Corgan from Smashing Pumpkins? Yeah, I don't think they have good voices on their own. I'm gonna. I'm going to go out on a well, limb see, and say no, that. Billy Corgan, I agree with you 100%, really. It's just that they're, they found a, a sound that fits them really well, and that's why their, their voices are so legendary, is because they found a sound that fits their unique voice. Um, yeah. And it, and it makes it great. See, if we're going down that road, we can also kind of throw in Gavin Rossdale from Push. Yeah. Because, like, his voice, on like, standing on its own, I mean, it's not great, that, it's not that whole genre falls to victim to that. Wait, who? That whole genre of, of what, music. Grunge? Yeah. That's very true. Because, I mean, if you really listen to, like, Nirvana, for yeah. example, like, Kurt Cobain actually, well, you know what, um, let me just say this, I actually like his voice standalone, but it really fit with what they were doing. Yeah, and that's, yeah, that's what grunge is. It's It's a strange voice with a strange instrumental tone that really just all comes together i think it's best highlighted depressing yeah oh yeah i think it's best highlighted by the differences in vocals from nirvana versus foo fighters which yes i mean obviously it was two different singers dave Grohl was just a drummer in nirvana he didn't actually sing but um like i think if dave Grohl sang in in nirvana it wouldn't be very good even though you're right dave Grohl. i don't want to sound stupid here he totally does vocals for foo fighters right yeah 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 him singing he, he's great in Foo Fighters his voice is yes. amazing in Foo Fighters but if he sang for Nirvana it wouldn't be very good and in a similar fashion if Kurt Cobain were to sing for Foo Fighters it wouldn't be very good yeah so like vocals in a band are really subjective that's why I don't know I, I much prefer bands to just like standalone singers and it's really hard to find bands nowadays you get a lot of like a lot of the radio and big like top charts are just singers or just rappers or just DJs, which yeah. kind of is infuriating because they don't even they just make the music itself. Um, but it's hard to find a really solid band anymore. Very few exist and are popular. That is very true. And but have like, mainstream at the same time, and this is gonna sound weird coming from me, but I've been listening to a lot more uh, EDM recently. Yeah. Everyone does at some point or another. It yeah, finds like, it finds its way in. Through that right now. But I mean, like, see, I don't listen to it for like music quality. I guess you could say I use it mainly as something like background noise. You know, like, hey, say I'm walking to class and I don't want to hear a particular song. I'll just turn on like this one artist I like is called Temanite. Yeah, I'm, he's actually really good. But um, like his his music doesn't mean anything. It's just kind of it's really good filler. There. Yeah. It is filler. I feel the but... same way about Future. <laughs> I See, am... I don't like Future. Yeah, I'm not a rap guy to an extent. I, I like, like, wordy rap, um, which isn't Future at all, for anyone who's listened. Um, Define wordy rap. Uh, something like Gambino. Maybe earlier Gambino is a better example. Childish Gambino. And, um, I mean, Eminem is, is a good example. Okay. Uh, Chance the Rapper, Kendrick Lamar. Okay, uh, Kendrick I can deal with. Because they, they they get a message across in, in their raps rather than just rapping to talk about social status or something. Drugs, money, yeah. guns, weed, dude. Yeah. yeah, Lil Wayne in a nutshell. So something like that. But Future isn't like that. But I'm really into Future Thankfully. a lot. Um, and I do it, and I, and I listen to him because it's it's such it's like mind numbing almost. It really yeah. separates like music from what you're doing. 
so it's really nice to just if you want something in your head it's a, it's a really good thing to just get you get you going for the day or get you through the day so i, I totally see where you're coming from um see with the edm i i'm weird i'm weird with my music and my lyrics because like if i'm listening to music with lyrics i want it to mean something to me personally and few rappers can do that like actually the ones that i have heard that like the songs i do like to listen to i don't know their names because they're totally standalone artists totally underground with no fame yeah but that's usually how it goes like the one oh i can't even remember his name now because ah oh, my god ah oh, it was like the sixth branch or something but uh it, it, it's political rap but um it like he wasn't even the best rapper i just liked him because he wasn't rapping about drugs money guns social status yeah um which is where i would heavily recommend camp by childish gambino is a really good example of of something that isn't that obviously you listen to kendrick uh i would imagine kendrick is a great example of that um chance the rapper's newest album coloring book uh i listen to nonstop because it it's it hammered home a good message while still being like catchy music um rap like that I, i do really enjoy i think because in my opinion rap is is such a great medium of music to get a message across it's better than any other like genre in terms of getting your point across because you get so much room for words you get words yes yeah you get so much room to talk about anything like like a good example would be lil dicky i don't know if you listen to lil dicky i know you probably know of him yeah that's about it he's he's he raps about funny stuff but he makes good beats like he shows that you don't have to be funny and have terrible beats like you don't have to be if you're a funny rapper you don't have to be a bad rapper you can be a good rapper that can get a point across and still be funny. Yeah. Um, and I really love Lil Dicky. I think he's great. Um, but I feel like the genre's kind of been oversaturated with what it isn't to me. But yeah. people like Childish Gambino, especially in camp, he, he tells the story of like living... Because, you know, the standard... Not standard, but the common story you hear um, are people coming in poverty, like coming up from poverty... And like their their rise from like being down low and started from the bottom now we're here kind of thing, but like actually enunciated and, the story. and told a story rather than Drake just coining a phrase in a song. Oh, from the bottom now, yeah. And it's suddenly becoming popular. I do like Drake though. I I won't I, I won't speak hate him. I just um, don't like him. I respect him more than anything. But uh, Gambino's story is really great. The one he tells through Camp because his story is more of he kind of had the things that a lot of people in poverty didn't have. He still had to work and he still had to go through trouble, but um, he, he talks about his point of view from it where he was in the same poverty that everyone else was in, but because he had these certain things, it isolated him from even the the poverty like level of people. And like that's yeah. a really good story and that he tells it really well in like situations where he's got lines where he said like People have told him that he's not really black because he has a dad. And, like, that's... that's Hold on! Yeah, I'm Hold telling on, you, dude. please, what? please listen to camp. Please find the time in your day to listen through Childish Gambino's camp. It was I will probably do of, it, like, right after this. One of the most, like, life-changing albums for me. I just listened to it last year. Someone finally got me to listen to it, and I've loved Gambino since. Like, he tells the story of his come-up, and he does it really well. And that is what I really love about rap. 
I don't listen to rap all the time. I, I definitely tend to lean more towards all indie, like that kind of chill music. But when rap is good, it's great. And when yeah. it's not good, it's not good at all. It's very hit or miss. You just need to stop. Yeah. So when you find a, a, a rap group or artist that you can really connect with, stick with them because they're, they can be few and far between. Um, oh, yeah, definitely. Like, so, yeah. for, like, one rap group I could definitely get behind during, like, the 90s era was Public Enemy. I really liked Public Enemy. Yeah. Because, like, they like they didn't just write songs about their come-up. Instead, they were pushing an agenda, I guess you could say. Yeah, 90s rap did that a lot. <laughs> and, I, and I respect it. But, um, see, like, I know what you're saying about rap. Like, I think, like, the point you're trying to hit here is, like, you have an endless string of possibilities on what to talk about during yeah. this thing. Yeah. Meanwhile, you know, I like each genre kind of has its own uh, message it, you know, puts out there. And that's why I listen to punk a lot because like, you know, it's um it's a very what I would call selfless but selfish kind of thing. That's like a good description, yeah. Like it, it's it's good for everyone. We're like we're doing it because, you know, we want this, but trust us when I when we say it's going to help you too, I swear. But yeah. um it, like it, defo- it focuses instead of like upbringing, it focuses on what you're gonna do next mm-hmm. and how it's gonna affect you down the line. Like most of them push for an individualistic and um, absolute freedom agenda, and like that's what they do. That's what they talk about, and that's how they want to live their lives. Now, the way they talk about it is instead of just yeah, we're gonna live our lives. It's these like these specific things are getting in the way of that and we're gonna have to have this perseverance to punch through it and keep going yeah and like you know it's to me it kind of you know inspires me to get up get out there and do something that's worth doing Mm -hmm. and that's gonna help everyone in the long run yeah i absolutely love music that can do that i think music is one of the greatest things ever in the world so Music that can tell a good story, give a good message, and inspire people, I will always respect out of everything else. Like, I will always respect that. Um, Which means Lil Wayne, go home! (laughs) Yeah. I mean, even to an extent, I can respect people that make good rhythms, at least. It may not tell a message, but, I mean, hey, you gave people something to listen to. So I can at least give some respect where respect is due there. Okay, now, totally different music topic. This just kind of popped into my head. What happened to Wiz Khalifa? Um, I think he's still making music. He's he's totally he? still making music. It's just um, his era has kind of gotten less mainstream. If I had to guess, I don't I don't know the rap game too much. Um, but he's still, he's totally still definitely around. Like yeah. at least in terms of making like features. He's kind of dropped on the face of the earth. A lot of a lot of rappers do features more than anything now which I have yeah. a love-hate relationship with, um, where it's kind of like a rapper will drop an album and it'll have like this artist featured like three times on it. And that's kind of what you get from them until they put out their own album, which features other rappers you haven't heard from, from for a while, uh, multiple yeah. times. It's kind of like they're all really working together, which I, I respect. I think that's cool. But yeah, Wiz Khalifa is still totally making music. It's just he's not making the big hits that he did when this genre that of rap that's currently flowing through when that was starting to get big like he was the face of it and now it's like now there's a lot of faces to it so he wanted it with a sad thing he's kind of there what what's that i cannot name one Wiz khalifa song 
Yeah, black and yellow. Okay, that I didn't know that was Wiz Khalifa. I believe it was him. But like, other than that, even if it was him, I can't name a single one. Yeah, I have a hard time naming actual rap songs, especially older ones, um, as well. But hey, but I mean, he's still doing stuff. Uh, he's alive and kicking. Good guy. He's a. You know, that just reminded me of a song, "Alive and Kicking" by Nonpoint. It's a good song. <laughs> I saw Nonpoint live once, and it was really, it was weird because, um, backstory, um, back when I was dating this girl, like two, three years ago, uh, I guess for her birthday she got three days grace tickets, right? Ah. And sad face, this was uh, after Adam had left the band due to voice problems. Anyway, we go there. Because she takes me because, you know, boyfriend privileges. But, um... Of course. We get there. And, uh, there are three bands playing the night. And, uh, one of them is, like, I guess, fairly local. Maybe close PA to, like, Warren-ish. And, uh, you know, they play. Good set. Uh, then, like, I don't... She's like, I don't know who's playing next. It's like, and next, Nonpoint! I'm like, why didn't you tell me Nonpoint was playing? <laughs> I love this band. What are you doing? Yeah. And it kind of happens. Bands just kind of sneak up on you, especially if they're not, like, the headliner. Oh, yeah. See, here's the thing. Here's one thing I've learned about concerts in general, like the one I'm going to be going to on the 28th. Um, the trick is that you get, like, an opening band that kind of gets people hyped up and ready. Then you hit the climax with, like, that middle band, right? You know, and, like, the headliner, being the headliner just means you're, like, cleaning up. You know, yeah. you get to finish off the night. Well, the headliner but, gets to come out to the uh, most hype point of the audience, and they get to drive no, they it home. Yeah, depends. No, they Because I, I believe the most hype point of the audience is, like, that last song that the middle band does. Because after that song, the hype kind of, I won't say quickly, but, it you know, it uh, descends at a... Not a slow rate, but a medium rate. And you get uh, you get the people who just leave right after that, and you have, like, half of the people left who stay for the headliner. Oh. Well, I mean, I, I'm not a big concert goer, but I would assume that, like, that last song that the middle band plays is the peak because it's people peaking up to, yes, finally, it's the headliner, let's do it. And then that first song that the headliner does, they step out and kind of just completely take that energy from the like the hype that's built all show eh, not um, all the time not all the time yeah like because... i said maybe i haven't been to enough concerts <laughs> well how many have you been to that's the real part. handful like i counted on my like fingers six? kind of thing yeah probably like six okay because yeah. i've been i've been close to like 15 and most of them are local shows or the ones that i played myself but um <laughs> yeah here here's one thing i learned um never it, like, never accept an offer to play, like, a late-night show. Especially when it's not planned to be a late-night show. Because, uh, one of the shows we did, the show was supposed to end at, like, 11.30 or midnight. And we were the closing band. And we didn't go on until, like, 1 o'clock in the morning. Nice. Oh, my God, it was bad. It was hilarious. Yeah, like, there were five awful. people. <laughs> And, like, four of them were our parents. <laughs> and there was that one guy who was like, I'm staying because I have nothing better to do. Yeah, this is my life for, for now. <laughs> like, I stay in concert clubs. 
Yeah. Oh no, it could it could have been worse. Like our out like our outpost show where the only guy really really liking us was like plastered drunk. <laughs> Probably woke oh, up the no. next morning like wow, those guys actually weren't that good. <laughs> like those guys were terrible. Turns out didn't enjoy myself at all. <laughs> exactly. Oh man, I want to bet he actually did that. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised in the slightest. It's a positive way to look at it. It's like, oh man, we sucked. To be uh, fair, that band sucked a lot. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't actually ever listen to any of your bands. But I, I wanted to talk about two two uh, albums in particular I wanted to mention before we, we start to uh, wind down here. And that is the band Group Love released their new album, Big Mess. Um, I don't remember the exact date, but it was this early September, I believe. And the band Tudor Cinema Club recently put out their album Game Show, I believe, in the last few weeks, even. Like, very recently. Um, But to talk about Group Love's Big Mess, I will say it right now. This is my favorite album of 2016. Maybe my favorite album since the aforementioned Childish Gambino's Camp, which didn't come out in 2015, but I heard it in 2015. When did it come out? Ah, uh, gosh, I don't remember. Two thousand twelve, if I had to guess, but I could be wrong. Oh, okay. But in terms of like recently released music, I would consider Group Love, this album in particular, to be my favorite in a long time. Really? Um, it's, I I don't even know. It's so good. Um, I got it around the same time. I'm gonna briefly mention the Mowglies because they also put out a new album. It's not as known band, but the Mowglies are really good at like really fun happy-ish summer songs kind of thing like you don't really see any of their songs as standout but you really just enjoy everything they make because they're just a happy group in general so i got them and group love around the same time and i knew that the mowgli's album would do that and that the group love album would have like standout songs on it and they both did exactly that but the standout songs from group love were so good um do you listen to group have you ever listened to group love before i have never once heard of them um you might have heard their songs before they have song called Colors that was really big. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm sure you've heard it. Uh, Maybe. They, they have, they're like this really indie band, I guess, in terms of okay. sound. Their, their singer has a really unique voice, and, and that's kind of their selling point. But in this album, they, they bring all of it together. Like, they have a female singer that's, that's involved in some of the songs, but not like all of them. But in this yeah. album, she's way more involved, and she's, she's a good singer. She's a good like musician so she is more involved and it makes a lot of the songs better um they they hit a lot of like faster songs slower songs weird beats normal beats they really get involved in in all the different like speeds and styles of music that you could do and they also have two songs in particular um one of them titled traumatized which is probably one of my favorite songs of the year or of like a long time like, it, I'll yeah. remember it for a long time. Because it takes kind of a White Stripes style. Where there's really? really, really strong guitar. Like, a really, like, just, you can feel it kind of guitar. Um, and and they the vocals are even kind of similar. Only it's his voice with kind of a Jack White style on it. Um, yeah. I don't know if that was their intention or not. But to me, it really, I really feel the... Uh, the white stripes in it and it and i love the white stripes so that song in particular is great and they have another song called enlighten me which is very 21 pilots-esque to me okay um, it's got a really solid piano that kind of carries through the whole song and then a drum comes in and it's like a really powerful backbeat of a drum which is kind of 
21 Pilots, what they what they popularized that and the ukulele. Um, I'm actually a, I'm actually a pretty big fan of uh, 21 Pilots. Yeah, they're really good. Um, I do like I, at first I actually I just hated them. I don't know why. Really? I just like I had like this. I had like this thing against them. Was it just because they were big and everyone talked about them? Is that maybe? Because I kind of felt maybe that. that is. I don't know, but like, you know, when I first heard it, I like you know maybe I wasn't like uh, open minded to the whole uh, indie emo scene because that's kind of what they're like indie emo. Yeah. But like when I really started listening, and I you know I listened like repeatedly, I'm like okay maybe this isn't so bad. They're very good. They're very good at what they do. Um. Like I know they, I know popu- they popularized uh, Heathens because of Suicide, uh, Squad. Suicide Squad. Yeah, and um, you know before that I had heard like Stressed Out. I had heard Car Radio. Car Radio's fantastic song. It actually is. It is, and it, it was well made. Good. That that's what that's what appealed to me. It was well made and it was well produced. Yeah, like just so. everything as a whole about Car Radio is, it's why they're big, pretty much. The lyricism, the lyricism was like a. I'd call it a six out of ten. Like it wasn't the best I've ever heard, but I mean it. It held some truth to it. It got its point across. It, it told a story. Yeah, kind of. I, I really appreciate it for what it is. I think I think Twenty One Pilots really does deserve. Like a lot of bands, I'll look at it and I'll be like, or mostly solo artists, I'll look at them and I'll be like, I don't know, do they really deserve to be this popular? I think Twenty One Pilots one hundred percent deserves to be as popular as they are. They're yeah, really good, really good people, really good musicians. I think it's awesome. Um, but I do want to mention Tudor Cinema Club. Uh, you, I don't know if you've ever heard of Tudor Cinema Club. Them um, either. Nope. Yeah. They're, they're kind of like this, or they were kind of like this, like another indie band. I listen to a lot of indie bands, but they, their lead singer, or I think all of them are from Northern Ireland or that area. So they had that kind of heavy accent, um, that you would come to expect from Northern Ireland. Yeah, uh, and they were really like this good chill band that made a lot of really like kind of fun songs to like sing along with or just have in the background, and I really liked them. Um, but they hadn't put out an album for about four years, and they just recently released one. And I didn't know this; I didn't know how long it was known. It must have been known since they stopped making music. Was that they all kind of grew to hate each other? I think is really? what I read. Yeah, that they really just started to really dislike each other and their music. And so they took that four-year break, and they came back, and they are now a disco band. Their music Hold on. is very heavy. Wait a minute. I, I want to be sure I heard you right. Did you just say disco band? Disco. Not disco. so much. It was described as late 70s, early 80s disco. Um a lot more falsettos. They they reached a lot more falsettos. You can hear elements of Daft Punk, which aren't disco, but they they have that kind of feel to them at times. Um, a lot of Bee Gees esque vocals, Prince esque vocals. Yeah, a lot of that, but still kind of true to their Northern Irish. You can't really hear the accent, but you you can still feel the guy's voice. But it's it's more falsetto and more uh, disco, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and I was really surprised because I really loved Tudor Cinema Club's old music. Like, I listen to it even now all the time. It's really good. And it's not that their disco is bad. It's actually really good. I can still listen to their music. It's still tolerable. But it, it was such a big change to me um, that it, I was a little weirded out and kind of off-put by it. I might still end up getting the album, still listening to the album as a whole. But uh, it was certainly a, a startling discovery 
this past week when I when I found out they made a new album. Um, yeah. Yeah. If you if you like disco, if you're into disco or Daft Punk, Bee Gees, Prince esque music, definitely recommend it. Prince. Called Game Show, Two Door Cinema Club, great album. Um, but yeah, Group Loves Big Mess, better album, overall. Better album. Yes. And highly recommend it to everyone ever. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, I think we've uh, we've we've hit everything we've wanted to talk about. We did miss. Um. Yeah, we, we did miss something that we that we want to want to talk about a little bit. Yeah, let's uh, let's touch on that really fast. Yeah. It sucks because I haven't gotten to play it yet. But um, a couple of our buddies apparently just uh, just got the new Battlefield One. Yeah. And um, both apparently have very high uh, reviews of the game. They're very good. Yes, I I intend on playing Battlefield one day. I was never really big on Battlefield. I'm not a first person shooter guy. Um. But Battlefield, in particular, has always kind of st- stood up, st- stood out to me. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's always stood out to me as kind of like a better style of game than most first-person shooters. So Battlefield One seems like it'll be a really good game, and and I'm I'm super excited. I didn't even know it was out to be honest. I was kind of surprised that he even mentioned that it was out. Uh, but yeah, I know my roommate up here is is also excited for it he was playing the older the most recent like battlefield 3 or whatever um in in preparation so that when battlefield 1 came out he would be prepared and and trained for the game so there's a lot of hype around it and it seems like it's living up to that hype which is good because battlefield hardline was terrible yeah so that was good that the name battlefield is recovering but i I know battlefield 4 had its issues especially in terms of bugs but Overall, as a game, it was fine. Yeah. And, like, it was fun. I had a good time, but... Yeah, it's nice to see Battlefield getting a lot more attention because it has in the yeah. past, and it, and it's deserved it all the way through. And it looks a lot better than Infinite Warfare. Yes. Which looks like you it's going to be you know not great. We're going to stop right there yeah. before I go on a tirade. Yeah, before we rant about Call of Duty. Maybe we'll do that on the next episode of our, That yeah, Seems episode. Unfortunate. With yours truly, Steven Radstein. And Chris Vittorio. Yeah. I, I, e. I definitely want to try more of a uh, wrap up style wrap-up in the future, but I, I think we've gone on far long enough. I think you all are starting to get tired of us as much as I'm starting to get tired of us. I hate you, Chris. I hate you too, Steven. I'm glad we've we've reached that point. But thanks, everyone, for, for listening. Um, yeah, let us know. Hit us up. On our various social medias. And by that I mean my various social medias. Because I don't know how often you use social media, Chris. Oh god, I use it too much. Oh, do you? What do you use? Do. I'll, I'll let well, you throw your shoutouts out there first. Uh, okay, here. see, here's my problem. I don't use Twitter. Okay. Ever. Okay, what do but, you use? Um, well, I use Discord now. I do use Skype. I use Snapchat and Kick. Alright, link your, uh, what's your Snapchat? Where should people send you, you know send you their I better, various dickerinos? I better check to see what that is right now. Okay, well I'll throw out my, my, uh, my hits, my links, and all that. Um, I'm a very active Twitterer, so follow me on the Twitters, at Stevie3V, that is S-T-E-B-I-E, the number three, and then V. I, uh, tweet about only the best in pointless things. Um, so. The best. Yeah. I, I... I talk a lot about what I would talk about here. So if you want previews on the opinions I give to Chris here, you could totally follow me on Twitter. 
Um, and if you want to hear a lot of anarchist rants and stuff, you can follow me on like Snapchat or just kind of like. I'm not going to tell you to friend me on Facebook. That'd be weird. But um, mm-hmm. maybe I will make a Twitter for this. Dude, totally. Twitter's fun. I totally do that. I use Twitter a lot. Yeah. Twitter, Snapchat, both Stevie3V. Spelled as I spelled it earlier. Totally hit me up with that follow and add and things. And we can be friends because I'm an interesting person. And I will make things for you to follow me on. Did you find your Snapchat name? Yes, it's Death Metal Demon, all one word. Wow. That's a good one. I was 14. Shut up. Has uh, Snapchat even been around that long? Maybe. I oh, know I was younger and, like, into really hardcore goth stuff. That's wonderful. Everyone has that so. time. Except me. I didn't. But I did. And I'm, like, still kind of having it, but it's, like, repressed. Yay. Repression. Always a great I thing. I don't listen to death metal anymore. <laughs> all right. Well, that's it for us here. Um, thanks, everyone, for listening. Hope you all have a wonderful time. And, uh... We will see you guys next time. Goodbye. And remember to find us at Well That Seems Unfortunate. There's no well, but yes. Shut up. That seems unfortunate. Check us out Bye, guys. next time. Goodbye. Peace, bye. That went well. We did it. We, we did the thing.